The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yo, have you heard of LinkedIn Learning? If you haven't, LinkedIn Learning is an American massive open online course provider. It provides video courses taught by industry experts in a variety of subjects. Now, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because Living Corporate is in partnership with LinkedIn Learning to provide diversity, equity, and inclusion courses. Listen, if you're trying to be a better ally, you want to understand better diversity, equity, inclusion strategies, or you just want to learn how to be a better leader, you got to check out the courses on LinkedIn Learning. So check it out. You can do it one of two ways. You can click the link in the show notes or you go to LinkedIn Learning and you search Living Corporate again. Link in the show notes or go to LinkedIn Learning and search Living Corporate. I'll see you over there. Welcome to the Access Point, everyone. We are happy that you're here with us again. I'm Mike, uh, one of the hosts. I'm Brandon, another host. Yeah, and we are here with Miss Candace web and we're really really excited um about this episode because we're talking about something that like god is my witness i need right now which is effective <laughs> project and time management i think all of us need more of that like yeah. being at home uh so before we jump into intros and everything uh i want to acknowledge just some people that are live uh in the house tonight which uh we appreciate you being here uh get your people share this uh, mm-hmm. put, you know Call somebody, text somebody, get them over here because it's about to be fire. I'm pretty excited about this. Um, so here's what Living Corporate is. If you're not familiar with Living Corporate, um, Living Corporate is a writing and podcasting platform that's dedicated to exploring and celebrating underrepresented identities in corporate America. Um, and so we're a mid to early career consultants who basically came together with a shared desire to have frank conversations about the ways we exist, survive, and succeed in corporate spaces. Mm-hmm. As a collective, we represent a broad spectrum of beliefs, cultures, identities. Um, and we know that our differences have shaped these perspectives and experiences in corporate America. So we want to engage with other voices that often go unheard and have our conversations out loud right here on Crowdcast. Um, so living corporate is like truly for anybody um, who wants to rock with us, but like we're focused as a, we're focusing on black and brown voices. Mm-hmm. Um, intentionally to uplift the unheard. So that's what Living Corporate is. And so, Brandon, will you give them a little bit about what the Access Point is? Uh, thanks, Mike. So, uh, Access Point is our weekly show that we do every Tuesday at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. So the Access Point is part of the Living Corporate Network. The Access Point is our weekly web show where we strive to bring out the real talk that will prepare you for the workforce. While our content is for everyone, we're focused on preparing black and brown college students just as yourself for future work. Every week we'll have an incredible guest to help us in discussing the topic at hand. And like we said, this week we have Candace Webb. She's the director of Strong Points at Director College in Raleigh, North Carolina. How you doing? Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Can you tell us a little bit more about Strong Points and uh, that you do at Meredith College? Absolutely. So Meredith is a small private women's college in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
And Strong Points is our signature student success initiative. And it's really intended to be strengths-based. So we really want to help students think about what they do really well and build on that. Um, we focus on four areas of success. We talk about academics. We talk about co-curricular involvement. We talk about financial literacy. And we talk about career planning. So my staff provides programming for students around those four areas. And we work with campus partners to really extend the program all across campus. So that's what we do. Awesome. Uh, I'm excited to have another educator on the show. I work in education. Um, yes, I yeah, yes. I've, I've worked in education for a minute now. Um, so it's always good um, because that, you know, it's interesting. Just before we really jump in and dive in, mm -hmm. education feels like the redheaded stepchild of the career world, yeah. like all the career content. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a totally different ball game, like, yeah. as you know, like surviving and thriving in that world. So it I'm is. glad you can speak to that. Absolutely. But it's so pivotal, isn't it, though? Your college experience is such a big part of who you are once you get into the working world. The Absolutely. relationships you build, the things you learn. I mean, college is such a we, we always say it's a transformative experience. And for many yeah. of us, that's absolutely the case. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. yeah. So let's dive right in. We're, we're, we're talking about um, project and time management. And I think effective educators do this probably better than a lot of people. Um, yeah. I was actually. No, I was actually having a conversation. I run this personal branding community that's just for educators. And mm -hmm. somebody was like, well, what, what other skill set do I have? And I was like, don't you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, come to access point. So here's my first question for you. Um, it, like what, in your opinion, what's the difference actually between project management and time management? Because we hear those used in two completely yes. different contexts. Absolutely. I mean, I like to think about project management almost like a process. So, you know, your organization has a need. And then you come up with a solution for that need, and then you have to execute that solution and evaluate the solution. So that process is project management. It has a clear start and a clear finish. You know when you're starting the project, you know when it's finished. And project management always has stakeholders and people who are involved, and they're usually resources, usually financial resources, hopefully, to help you bring that project to fruition. So I like to think about project management as a process, right? how we meet a need, create a solution, and then execute that solution and evaluate it. And I think about time management as obviously a really critical part of project management. It's hard to execute a project if you can't manage your time. But I think about time management really as a skill. It's how I prioritize and do all the things I need to do in a set amount of time, right? So I think about project management almost as a process and time management like a skill that you need to complete that process. Okay, so uh, so I have, a, I have a question, just in a more of a, a more broad sense in speaking of time management. Since the day and age of uh, COVID-19, we are a people now that have to work and live at home and also you know, work and live at home and do everything at home. So how can a person, especially that, that, that is going to the workforce, but they mm -hmm. can't, uh, they don't have that, those office skills yet, but they, do, they have to learn how to manage their time at home. So how mm -hmm. can one hone their skills while using effective time management while being at home? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I think that for me, time management is really an exercise in self-awareness. You got to kind of know what works for you. And I think one of the biggest one of the biggest challenges that we're facing in terms of time management in this environment is just boundaries. 
right? So what are my boundaries? When am I working and when am I not working? Because work and life are happening in the same physical space. And so creating those boundaries is so important. It's easier said than done. Um, but in my experience, that's really the only way this works is when there are clear boundaries. And my boundaries are going to be different than your boundaries because we're living different lives. We have different work. We have different supervisors that we report to. But I think that boundaries are key here to the to being able to manage your time, especially in this climate. I love that. I love that. What, what What's one that you might might be able to share? Like, um, like I know for me, I've got a Right now, my office doesn't have a door, and I have four kids that are all homeschooled, and they just yeah. got a new puppy. So I'm like, I know that like, like we're getting ready to move, and I'm like, I know that one of the boundaries I need is a yes. physical boundary. A physical so what, boundary. Yeah. So what, what what's one of the ones that you would like recommend that that work for you? Mm -hmm. I, I believe in physical boundaries. So yeah. the space that I'm in has a door, and my family and my children and my husband know if the door is closed. That means I'm not accessible to you, right? That's right. So unless someone's bleeding or you know something tragic has happened, don't come through the door, right? So it's that physical boundary. But I think that's an easier boundary almost. I think some of the difficult, more difficult ones are the conversations that you may have to have with colleagues about mm -hmm. when I'm available to work, right? So nobody wants to say, I work from eight to five and that's it. And in education, that's really hard to do because students want access to you all the time. Right have to be those boundaries. So I, I say to my students, for example, if you send me an email at 8 p.m., you should expect that I'm not going to respond to you until at least eight the next morning. So it may feel like an emergency to you, but I'm not checking my email. Right. You may check yours. And another boundary that I have is that I don't have notifications on my phone for my work email. I turn those off. Right. I can access my email on my phone, but I turn the notifications off because I don't want people to have access that kind of access to me. Um, that's just the boundary that I have. Same so here. Okay, so so personally, I get those. I work in uh, engineering consulting, so I get those emails at sometimes one in the morning to say something. Yeah. But usually, I don't answer them only because I set those personal boundaries. Say, hey, I'm not answering this yep. until I feel like you're answering it. Yeah, but man. I know. Me. So if yeah. I see the email, I'm going to respond. So for right. me, it's best to not even see it. I don't. That's I can't. Perfect. I don't even see it. That's the same right. for me. I used to, you know, I used to use Apple Mail on the iPhone, which was a bad mm -hmm. idea. Uh, and then I, I, I slowly got there. I, sl I, you know, I set it to where I had to refresh it for them to come in. And yep. then I got rid of my work email at home altogether because, yeah. I mean, you know, in education, you talking to in K through twelve, you talking to parents or students oh, or administrators. And it, I was like, if one more parent emails me at nine o'clock, so I yeah. say, you know what? I ain't gonna even see it. <laughs> and again, again, this is an exercise in self awareness. So yeah. for you, you know, you may say, "Well, yeah." Brandon says, "It's okay. I can see the email, and I'm not gonna respond to it." But Candace says, "If I see it, I'm gonna respond." So I know right. what I need to do is not get the notification. Yeah. Now, so in your experience, how 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 do you, how do you set those boundaries? How do you let these people know? Do you just tell them up front, and you tell them and remind them often, "This this is this is the way I work. This is the way I operate." And someone can yeah. so accept it or reject it, or how does that conversation come about? I would say when I was a younger professional, so I've been I've been in higher ed for about 15 years. And when I was a newer professional, I didn't set the boundaries. I was uncomfortable with the boundaries that existed, but I didn't really say anything. I just kind of went with it. And then once I decided this isn't working for me and I need new boundaries, I sort of had to ease myself into it. Right. So it, it what it sounded like was, um, hey, such and such. 
Um, can you, I, I prefer not to receive, receive emails after five o'clock, right? Really gentle, you know, try to ease into it. But I found that wasn't direct enough. It wasn't, it wasn't coming, it wasn't clear enough mm -hmm. um, in my experience. So what I ended up having to do was say, listen, um, I check my emails up until five o'clock. And if you send me something after that, I'm not going to see it until the next morning. So if it's really urgent, you should call me, right? If it's really urgent, you should call me. And only a few people have my cell phone number anyway. So that takes care of that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I have found that I just needed to be more direct. And that in itself is a learning experience because there's this risk. It's like, uh, and are people going to think I'm not a team player? Are people thinking I'm not willing to do my work? You know, but then I realized my work is going to speak for itself. That's and it. so exactly. I just went with it. That's what I, I, I was going to follow up with that, but you got yeah. it. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, so, eventually it's got, to, it's got to come to that. That's right. Like your, your work will speak for itself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing that I've learned is that the, the, the more work you put in, the more, the more you produce, mm -hmm. the more rope you have to tell people things like, Absolutely. if you hit me, you hit me on a Saturday, you go here back until Monday. Like, like, Absolutely. you know, I'm, I'm, get, I'm just getting to that point in my career where I'm like, really, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, but I, for me, fortunately, I'm also in an environment mm -hmm. where somebody will send you a voice memo, like. Yeah. We communicate through voice memo because my, our whole team is remote a lot. So mm -hmm. I see a voice memo at seven with a with a tag that says "Do not read it until the morning." I'm just getting this thought out, right? So everybody's pretty considerate in that way. But yeah. when they're not, the more you produce, the more rope you'll have. So that's that's mm -hmm. that's a great nugget. Um, and I think I think it depends on your work culture. I think some some environments are very productivity driven, and so it's very difficult to create those boundaries because the name of the game is produce or sell or whatever. And so it may be more difficult to draw those boundaries. It depends on the environment that you're working in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I wanna take this down a little bit of a different avenue, just okay. a little, little different. Okay, okay. stay it in the realm of time management and then I think okay. we should switch to project management because I know Brandon, sure. you, do, you do a lot of that too. So I, I'm really right. interested to hear what you, you know, the conversation we have with that. But mm -hmm. since since we we both can just have experience working with students, mm -hmm. right? I used to always tell students like I was like, you don't really need time management in school because your time is controlled for you. Uh -huh. You need a, you need attention management, huh. right? You know, in, in K through twelve school in America, like your 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 eight hour school day is structured for you, so it's right. not a matter of you know. And in most schools, you don't have an option. It's do the work or get out. Right. right. So right. do the work or fail. So so you have to manage your attention. It's yeah. about like how and where you're paying attention. So do you do you find that you think that's true in your experience? And like like what 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 advice would you give a working professional, not necessarily a student on sure. attention management? Sure. Yeah. Again, I think it's about knowing what works for you. So I will I will say that I, I have learned that when there are tasks that have to be done, that I'm not especially, uh, what should I say, especially jazzed about. Like, I don't want to do it, but it's got to get done. That's when I find that I have the most difficulty staying focused. Mm 
And so that's when I really need to find the space that's going to be quiet, that's going to allow me to focus. I turn my cell phone on silent, not vibrate, silent, and turn it over so I can't even see the notifications pop up, right? Um, I like to listen to music when I work, but when I know there's an attention issue, I turn the music off because it's just a source of distraction. It pulls me away. And so I think it depends on, I think we all kind of know if we're paying attention, we know the times when we really tend to be most distracted. Right. For me, it's when I'm doing things that I don't really care about, just kind of tedious things that have to be done, doing the budget or writing a performance evaluation, whatever. So when those times come, that's when you really have to be very intentional about putting the distractions at bay, because if you're looking for something to draw your attention away, you will find it. So you want to try to move those distractions away as much as possible. Right. You're looking for something else to do. You will find it. So I just try to put those things away. Yeah, right. I love that. Right. Yeah. So, so in project management, I, I deal with projects all day, every day with budget mm-hmm. and information and, and technical work. But oh, yeah. one thing I learned is about project management is really people management, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in your experience, how, how effective is people management and project management? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's everything. I, I don't know. of I can't think of any projects that I've ever been responsible for that I did all by myself. Like there's mm. always other people involved and, and some everybody's got a part to play in the completion of the project. And so if the team if the team is not working as a team, then we're going to have some problems. Right. So right. I've had a situation where I've been leading the project and it's really about one of the things I have found to be so helpful is to be intentional about assigning the tasks at the very out the gate. Right. So who's going to get to do what? And so trying to match people with tasks that that are going to be a good fit for them, that they can do well, that they're going to enjoy doing, they're going to be engaged in that work, right? So assigning tasks to the extent that you can, assigning tasks out the gate is a really important time to really manage your people well, to try to match tasks with people. And then I think the other part that's so important about people management is really just making sure people are clear about expectations and holding them accountable. And there's a way to do that that's um, direct, but that's also compassionate and that's also um, kind. I mean, that's important to me. So it's not like, hey, you said you were supposed to have such and such by this date. I mean, there's a different way to have that conversation. But I think in terms of people management as it relates to projects, the holding people accountable is so key. checking in with folks. How are you? How's it going? Do you have what you need? Do you have any questions? Is there anything I can do to help? Remember this deadline's coming up, that sort of thing. Um, really managing the people in that way. Is now, really I, now, I do have a follow-up question when it comes on to project management. It's more of a technical aspect. Sure. Right? So we all know that projects have deadlines and we also Absolutely. know that the deadlines to, to a project means everything in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Right? So how effective are you and when you, when when I say affect that by me, do you try to overwork yourself to go above and beyond the deadline? Say the deadline was next week, you try to finish it in a day or two, you know, mm-hmm. or tell people, um, hey, I won't I won't do communicate with the people on the project and say, Hey, we want to meet this deadline in time and we can beat it a day later, or a week later, or a month, depending on that. So how do you feel about overworking yourself to go above and beyond what the project date is? I always try to finish early. I mean, I just always try to finish early in a reasonable way. I mean, if if the project's due on Friday, I don't want to be turning it in on Friday. I'd right. like to turn it in on 
Wednesday at the latest, or maybe even Monday, but not like two weeks early, right? So we want to be reasonable. But I think that um, I had the, an elementary school teacher who used to always say this, we hated it. And she would always say, you know, early is on time and on time is late. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of follow that mantra. So let me tell you, early, yeah. Miss yeah. Nelson, my choir teacher, <laughs> she not watching this, but Miss Nelson was on it with that. She used to be Absolutely. on me. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah project yeah. management is... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying project management is not my strong suit. I need to hire somebody out for that. Like, I, the nature of my job is that I work on big collaborations um, that, that don't make sense to people on the surface, but mm -hmm. they're dope. They're really, like, awesome. Like, we're working with the sneaker brand mm -hmm. to produce a, a design contest, but I need that person next to me where I can say, like it goes back to what you've been saying, like self-awareness. I know I'm a, like, I can have all the productivity tools in the world. Monday.com, which by the way is phenomenal. Yeah, not a sponsor or anything, but I love Monday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever, you know, whatever it is, Google Sheets, whatever you have. But like, I I know me and like, I, I'm so detailed. I'm, I'm not detail oriented. Yeah. I am big idea focused. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you, I need it. <laughs> okay. So I'm these eight. Right, I'm not the See, big, the big yeah. idea person. I'm yep. put, put my head down and get to work. I'm that person. Right? You I know, know my shortcomings is. Right, yeah, right and I think that the, in, in my work, we we use an assessment with our students, and the assessment helps us identify what our strengths are. But the strengths are sort of grouped grouped into these domains, is what we call them, and the domains help us think about how our teams function the best. And so okay. one of the domains is executing. So. These are the strengths that if you need somebody to get the job done, you go to these folks. Right. And then you have your strategic thinkers who can be visionary, who can be creative. Let's think about the ideas. Right. Yeah. And then you yeah. have the people who are relationship focused, who are going to pay attention to the people on the team, not just focus yeah. on the work, but focus on the people. And then you have your influencers. Right. So you have the people who, who can go out and make sure our team is heard, who can stand up and take charge. You need all of that. And most of us can't do all four of those things. Most right. of us have gifts in one or two of those. So yeah. we need to depend on the people around us to sort of complement what we bring, right? Yeah. And so when, when I've had projects that have been so successful, it's usually because the team has been well-rounded and somebody, mm -hmm. has, everybody's been able to bring what they bring um, so that the team is well-rounded, even if I, as the leader, am not particularly well-rounded. Yeah, yeah. Is that Are you doing strength fighters? Is that what y'all do? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. My yeah. I, listen, Strength Finders helped me understand myself more than yeah. probably better than anything. I mean, yeah. wait, what, what's your top five? Um, I have individualization, responsibility, relator, developer, and belief. Oh, see, so you the per yeah, like you would be somebody. I am, I, I am futuristic, strategic, yeah. adaptability, yeah. <laughs> communication, and belief. See, yeah, yeah. so it's like so, perfect. Yeah. So people that if you don't know what Strength Fighters is, it's a book, you should read it and then you, you should, should take the test it. online. It's uh yeah, yeah it's and like one know, of, it's the best. I mean, it's yeah. just really helpful. And I can help you with that. I'm a strengths coach. I love to talk about strengths. We can do well, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you put that in the chat for everyone so they can everyone Oh yeah. Can yeah, yeah. yeah I will. Yeah, right. Strength Fighters is it, it is, is one of the, oh go ahead. Um, Mike, so while Mike is putting that in the chat, we have a question from a faithful listener, Shada. Mm -hmm. She said her question was, what tips do you have for overcoming pandemic fatigue, which can also affect productivity? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like the million dollar question, right? Everybody's trying to figure out how do I manage all of this? I mean, it's just so overwhelming. It, I think that's the word that comes to mind when I think about pandemic fatigue. It's just, it's just so overwhelming. And I think that this is really where time management can shine when we feel really overwhelmed. It seems counterintuitive, but when you're feeling overwhelmed, this is really the time to kind of step back and sort of assess what's what, like what's what's on my plate right now and prioritizing. I think that that's one of the keys of time management is how do I prioritize? I have so many things on my plate. How do I prioritize? What absolutely needs to have my attention right now? And what can what, what can wait? And those are hard questions and hard decisions to be made. But when you're overwhelmed, something's got to go. I mean, something's got to give. And I think that it's always better when you can make that decision instead of someone else making it for you. So I would say, um, Rashada, that the what I have done is really just try to step back. And I, I tend to be a person who writes everything down. Like I, I still have a paper planner. So I write, I like write things out and like what's going on and what what do I need to do this week and what can wait. And the things that can wait, I physically write it on next week's to-do list. Like it's not, it hasn't fallen off the map. It's just not on this week's to-do list. And just taking sort of small chunks of stuff is what's most manageable for me. Otherwise, it's just so overwhelming. It's just too much to think about and too much to do. Yes. Yeah. And when I get overwhelmed, I shut down and nothing happens. (laughs) So I can't afford to be in that place. So I have to sort of prioritize. Mm. I love that. Rashada, that was a great question. Also, Also, shout out to Rashada. She's like, I feel like every week I see you up in here. So there was a there was a new thing last week. I was watching last week and she was invited on the show. I was like, oh, this is a new one. Yeah, so so if you have any more questions, just put, feel free to ask the question. We I love like, that. And we can yeah. ask all the questions you want. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to focus this, uh, like, let's go directly towards careers. What do you think, Candice, is the, is the direct impact of good time management mm-hmm. on the long-term trajectory of somebody's career? Like, what can it do for you if you have it? Yeah, I mean, I think two things. Like, personally, as a as a professional, it helps you develop good habits that you take from job to job, right? Like, once you once you master time management and you acquire that skill, you take that skill with you wherever you go, right? But I would also say that, in my experience, people love highly productive people. So if you're productive and you're getting things done and you have a reputation of a person who does what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it, people notice that. And and it helps to build your career. When I when I came to Meredith 15 years ago, I was doing I came as a part time in a part time role Um, and I was coordinating orientation and programming for new students and I was working hard doing my job. And then when this when this position came available, when this program came along, Strong Points, the president said, hey, I bet Candace would be good to run this program. I hardly knew her. Right. But she had she'd heard about and seen what I've been doing all this time. Right. And so meeting deadlines, having effective projects, engaging with, you know, so the work kind of, as we said, speaks for itself. 
and people notice when you're productive and when you do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. And that only helps your career. And I think that that, in my experience, has been how good time management skills have really, really helped to propel my career in an upward kind of in an upward way. I was just co-signing. I was I was on mute. I was like, yeah, I love that. I think that's it. I, I love that you talked about like the reputation of a person who gets things done. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I, I can't tell you like there there are enough talkers in the world. Absolutely. Um, and there's enough influencers who are lying about what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. I I I'm very close to several influencers that just lie. Yeah, <laughs> what they're doing, and so I think like you're right, like that, like if if you're able to properly manage your time and and honestly do more with less, do more with yeah. your day, then then you can become a reputation as a true doer. A doer. Those people are always employable. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So you say with so you say with time management, you you did know that you like to write things down. Do you use any programs or any other tools to, to help you with your time management? I um, gosh, I'm old school actually. I mean, I love my calendar. I love a calendar. I do use. I mean, I'm not only using a paper planner. I do have like a calendar on my on my phone. Um, but I think what I think whatever tool you can find that's going to help you just keep track of it all. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like, how do I keep track of everything so nothing falls between the cracks, right? And so, you know, for me, it's just a paper and a pen and a good list, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think, Mike, maybe you mentioned, who mentioned some, um, you said Google Sheets. What else did you say? Monday.com. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, there, I mean, there's tons of project management software, too. And it kind of depends on what your organization uses. Like some use Microsoft Teams, which is a fantastic process. Um, yes, oh, my gosh. It's yes, such it a is. great system. Right. And it makes things so easy. It's easy to find stuff. It's easy to reach people. It's easy to communicate. Love that. We're we're a Google school. So we use those tools. Um, of course, it has its advantages as well. Easy to collaborate easy to keep track of things. I love Google notes. I mean, so, mm. um, yeah. So some of it is a function of the organization that you work for and what they're using. And some of it's just what your own personal style and preference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I fought to bring Monday, like yeah. when, when I, you know, when I, I recently switched jobs, when I did, I was like, we need to use Monday to manage yeah. everything just because of like visually, um, but for me, just having so many different functions, yeah, uh, it was good. It was yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So for for the next question, uh, like, I know you talked about being a strengths coach. Mm -hmm. So when you when you're doing that, when like especially like I mean like I'm very familiar with strength finders. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're interested in strength finders, you're watching uh, the link. It's in the chat. Mm -hmm. um, so. In terms of like project or time management, like what are some of the things that you tell people that you work with when you're coaching? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, my nine to five, of course, is at Meredith, but I also coach leaders and professionals in the Raleigh community. And one of the things they always want to talk about is how can I maximize my team? Like I have these people around me. They've been hired to support me and help me do this job. 
but I don't think I'm getting the most out of them. I don't think we're, I don't think we're gelling. Something's off, right? And I think that one of the things, whether we're using the strengths assessment or not, I think one of the best things that a professional can do is pay attention to the things your coworkers do really well. Like, what do you like being a scout almost? Like, what do I notice? That Brandon really likes to do, or when Mike has a project to do, what part of the project does he gravitate towards, right? So just paying attention to the people around you. Now, of course, that's going to be my style because I'm relational. That's that's how I roll. But it helps you to figure out the people around you and what they do really well. One of the things we know is that when people do the things they do best, they're far more engaged, right? Mm. They just are more engaged. And we intuitively, we know that. Like if I'm doing things that I hate, Right. I'm not engaged. So I always so when I work with folks with professionals, I encourage them to pay attention to the people around you, pay attention to what they seem to do well. And to the extent that you can, when you're working together, let them do those things because yeah. the team is going to run more smoothly and their people are going to be more engaged. They're bought into it a little better. Love that. I love that. Write that down. Pay attention to the people around you. Pay attention to the people around you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, we got one more question uh, in, 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 from the audience, which I love. Um, it's from Rashada again, so thanks for another question. And she says, what are tips for overcoming procrastination? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. I'm going to give you a good resource about that, Rashada. Yes. Okay. So I love podcasts, and NPR has this podcast called Life Kit. I don't know if you're part of it. It's fantastic. There was just an episode the other day with a therapist who was talking about procrastination overcoming procrastination. I highly recommend it. She's a therapist out of California. Um, and she's a, she's a brown woman. She's fantastic. So um, I, re I would recommend that. So Life Kit podcast from, it's, it's from NPR. Okay. Um, and so overcoming procrastination. Yeah, that one is hard. I, I think that sometimes for me, it's a matter of Again, I, I'm big on self-awareness. So like, what's actually going on here? Am I putting this off because I don't really know how to do it and I, I don't have what I need to get it done? Or am I putting this off because I'm just not that interested in it? Sometimes what I have found personally is I put things off um, in full disclosure. Um, sometimes I put things off that I'm, I'm actually not sure if I'm going to be able to do this. And so I just put it off as long as I can. Like, for example, I have this course that I'm supposed to be teaching later this semester. Um, and putting the, putting together the course, I'm like, I'm not, I'm actually not sure if I can do this. And I have not started yet. Right. So I'm, I'm just procrastinating. And I typically am not a procrastinator, but in this particular case, that's what's going on with me is I'm not sure that I can do this. Right. So I've got to work through that. I've got to work through why do I feel like I can't do it? I've taught courses before or I have people around me who can help me if I like in my mind, I know that's true. So for me, it's really about getting to the root of what actually is going on here. Is it that I'm not sure that I can do it? Is it um, what is it? And I think if you can name that, that helps with procrastination. Sometimes we're just not motivated to do things because we think it's silly. We think it's busy work. We think we shouldn't have to be doing this. And I just don't want to do it. Right. So sometimes it's that. So you got to work through that. But in my experience, if I can just name what the issue is, if I can just dig down and get to the root of it, I can usually overcome it. Usually procrastination is, is always dealt in fear. 
right? It's a fear. Of, I have this issue a, a lot when it comes like to procrastination because like I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to do it. I'm scared of doing it. But it's like yeah. once I do it, it's like oh, that was it. That's what I was afraid of. Right. And usually just do it. Just just do it. And it's crazy too, right? Like, I mean, I, I won't go into this whole soapbox about fear because it's my enemy. Like I deal, like I'm working at it every day. But what I always think about fear is that it's so irrational. Like if I if I would just sit down and think logically about the situation, there really isn't a need to fear. Like going back to this class, like what is the fear? Like, what are you talking about? How many times have I taught a class? Seriously? And so if I think about it that way, and then I think she wants me to teach a class about strength, I do this every day. So if I can be rational and logical about it, there's no reason to be afraid. But fear is not rational and it's not logical. Right. So I just have to talk myself through it. I just keep having to talk myself through it until I get to the other side. Yeah, I love that. Nice. Yeah. So so we've been talking We've covered a lot. Which, <laughs> look, y'all, we deserve an award because in 35 minutes, we could like, listen, <laughs> y'all, yeah, and there's been some gems, right? Yes. Um, I want to go back to this idea of self awareness. Yes. Right? Because because we've talked about that, and I think I think that's important. I think it's so important. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and uh, right there, you know. I think it's important to develop at a young, young age. Right? Definitely, as, you know, as 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 young as you can, mm -hmm. develop that. And and some people say that's tokenizing uh, of like young people, but I don't really care. Um, like it is impressive yeah. when an eight year old is self aware. It is impressive when a sixteen year old is self aware. Because I know that I was not at that. I was not. Um, yeah. So, like, given given the there's actually like a lot of content. Um, I think of Gary Vaynerchuk specifically. He's always like, self-awareness is huge. All the big entrepreneur guys, right? Yeah. So how do you actually develop self-awareness though? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's hard to get there on your own um, because we have these narratives that we rehearse in our own minds about ourselves, about who we are. And they've come from all these places, right? From other people, from society, from everywhere right so we all we, we already have these we already think we know who we are based on the narratives in our head but usually it takes someone on the outside that can actually see us mm. to draw out those things that are there that we don't see um in some ways you know we've talked about the assessment that's an objective external voice right these people don't know you this is an assessment right to draw out the things that are there that might be very counter to what you're telling yourself. But I think that it's really hard to achieve self-awareness alone. You need people who you can trust. Um, you need, in my experience, the people who have brought me the farthest are the people who look like me and who understand what um, the way I've been socialized. I mean, I grew up in Eastern North Carolina, probably tell from my accent, I'm from the deep South, right? And I grew up in a very white environment and everybody around me was white. Right. And then my undergraduate and graduate programs were at predominantly white schools. I work at a predominantly white school. I'm almost always the only black person in the room, usually the youngest, probably the only woman. So there's all these messages that I have been fed over and over and over about who I am as a black woman. Mm. And eventually somebody just hit the pause button. I can remember one of the first people who did it was my graduate supervisor when I was in graduate school. It took that long, right? I 
right? Graduate school. But just kind of hit the pause button. And she was like, so why are you doing that? Like, why are you doing that? Why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you here, right? And I was like, well, because I'm supposed to go to graduate school, right? Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. And she's like, but what do you want? What do you want? And it, as strange as it sounds, it hadn't really occurred to me to ask the question, what do you actually want? Like, where do you, what do you want for your life? What kind of person do you want to be? And so she helped, she coached me. She, she coached me and mentored me and helped me to see the things that I did not see in myself. Right. And, and I trusted her and I believed her. If she said it was true, I don't see it. But if she said it, I'll take her word for it. And over time, I started to see it. Right. My graduate program, I was working with college age students. We were about the same age. Right. I was just out of college. And she was like, yeah, but you're about their age, but you're the leader in this situation. Right. Like you're the person you're the leader here. And I'm like, I'm not a leader. I'm here to do a job. I'm not a leader. She's like, you're a leader. Yes, you are. This is what leaders look like. This is what leaders do. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I started to notice that the students were looking to me. They thought I was a leader. I didn't think I was, but they thought I was and she did. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I am a leader. Right. So in my experience is people who can see the things that I have not allowed myself to see that I called something else. Right. Um, And they're calling it what it really is. And so I think it takes other people. So, so, so just a follow-up question with that. When you talk about self-awareness, how big is your trust factor with other people? Because you're trusting them with that information to now mold and shape you to a, a better person or a better person than you were before. So Absolutely. how big is trust in, in this whole uh, self-awareness factor? Oh, it's everything. It's everything. And I will tell you that personally, there are few people that I trust. I know a lot of people. And I have a lot of people around me who tell me a lot of stuff, but I don't trust a lot of people. I had this woman that um, goes to my church and she makes this distinction. She's like, some people will advise you and some people will offer input. Mm. You decide what you're going to do with the information so they can yeah. share information with you and you can let it be advice or you can let it be input. That And you decide that based on the trust that you have from that person. So if a person says something to me and I don't know that person, I don't trust them then it's just input. But if it's a person that I trust, I'm really going to take that to heart. And it's going to be, it's, it's advice for me. It's going to help me decide how to move forward. And that's totally based on the level of trust that I have for that person. And in my experience, this is Candace talking. It takes time to develop that trust. I, I don't, I don't know many people that I trust right away. I can't think of one person actually, um, but it takes time. And um, once I have that relationship though, I'm, I'm wide open to whatever they're going to share or whatever they see. Mm. That's great. Like, first of all, I just want to, I don't, I don't know that anybody's done this yet, but I just want to shout you out, Brandon, for asking the right follow-up questions all the time. <laughs> yes. like, that's, my, that's my job, man. That's my yeah, job. Like every, every time I host with, with BG, he's asking the, the, the best follow-up questions. That was a good one. That was, that was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, advice versus input, y'all. Yes, that's yes. yes. So, if you don't learn anything else today, that is that advice is, versus input, y'all. This is important, and especially as a brown person, like there are people who <clears throat> say stuff all the time, and it's not even they don't always intend to be harmful, but sometimes it is, and yeah. you have to have the discretion, be able to discern what do I do with this information. 
Is it advice or is it input? I mean, that's real. I yeah, I don't, I just don't trust people easily. Like yeah. some, you know, like, like that's why when you when you say like to build self awareness, it has to come from someone else. I'm like, absolutely. Like yeah. for for me, my biggest source of like growth and self awareness is my wife because she's the closest absolutely. person to me. She's my best friend, but she also knows all my blogs. She knows it all. That's right. She knows it all. Yeah. That's it. So she knows, you know, there's only one other person, though, that I will, that I trust like that. Mm -hmm. And it's my best friend. We haven't lived in the same city in, in a long time. And like, I mean, gosh, it's almost been 10 years that we haven't lived in the same city. Um, but, uh, like that's the person I can call, and I know he's gonna tell me the truth. You know it. Oh yep. yeah, somebody who's gonna tell you things that you might not want to hear. That's oh, that's the best kind of friend. Yeah, too many yes men out here. If self awareness is important to you, and we uh, acknowledge and agree that we need other people that we trust to help with, facilitate that, then that means we have to be willing to trust people. I mean, if it mm. if it's really difficult to trust people. At some point, we have to take a risk. It's a measured risk, but at some point, you have to take a risk and build a trusting relationship with someone that can offer you that feedback, right? Mm. It's easier said than done. I'd acknowledge that. But if you aren't willing to build the trusting relationships and you don't get to reap the benefits of the trusting relationship, and it takes some work and it takes some risk and an investment but it pays off over and over and over again over the course of your life in in your professional life too yeah 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 y'all so if y'all are just jumping in i see somebody just jumped in and shared a resource thank you for doing that um yes. we are not just talking about self-awareness we're talking about <laughs> project management and time management. <laughs> what, what we've discovered is that self-awareness is so important with those things because i mean really it comes down to the fact that like our, how are you gonna how are you gonna manage your time? You gotta know yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, how are you gonna be the, the most effective project manager? You have to know yourself and know your team. And know so that's why team. we're talking about this like deep we're having this I feel like it's a pretty deep philosophical conversation, um, which I'm enjoying uh, yes. quite a bit. And I hope you guys are too. I didn't mean to take uh, it deep. I didn't mean to go no, deep. No, 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 that's, that's fine. Great. Because, great. No, because I, I have one more important follow up question. Like, just one more. <laughs> okay. Candace, will, will you be able, would you want to come back on the show at any point in time to give more advice or more conversation with anybody else? Absolutely. Thank totally. you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is what I say. I mean, I have been so fortunate. I have had so many people invest in me. Like I have had a lot of people take time to walk me through things, walk me through, how do I do this job? How do I manage this project? Like I've gotten big stuff to do. And I was like, I'm not sure if I can do this. And they walked me through it. They took the time to do that for me. And so I think we have a responsibility to do that for each other. Mm -hmm. If someone's done it for me, it's my responsibility to do it for someone else. So yes, absolutely. You just let me know when. Yes, ma'am. Right. I appreciate it. And All right. On that note, we're going to go ahead and conclude the show. This is a, right. a great show. Very, very great show. Very insightful. Before we head out, Candace, where can people find more about you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Yep, and I that link. you can also find me at CandaceWebCoaching.com. CandaceWebCoaching.com. All right. So the, her, her LinkedIn is there, CandaceWebCoaching.com. Um, you can find Brandon and I on LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, Ghostface Sigma is where Brandon is uh, on Twitter. 
Um, I'm at just Mikey Yates, and you can find us both on LinkedIn. Make sure you go follow Living Corporate, all of the social media. All at social Living medias. Corporate. Yeah, at Living Corporate underscore pod um, all across the board. Make sure you go follow that. Um, Brandon already said it, but man, Candace, thank you so much. We want to have you back on the show. Yes, so yes You were just yes. dropping gems. Um, thank you, everybody who tuned in, and we will see you guys on the next one. Bye, y'all. Take Peace. care.